I think that the baby boomers can play a critical role in transferring institutional knowledge and in building an organizational culture. You are listening to CEO Perspectives, a podcast by the Conference Board. Welcome to this episode of CEO Perspectives, a signature series by the Conference Board. CEO Perspectives are conversations that take an objective, nonpartisan look at a range of subjects that matter most to business leaders. I'm Steve Odlin from the Conference Board and the host of this series. And in today's conversation, we're going to discuss baby boomers in the workplace. Joining me today is Robin Erickson, the head of research for our U.S. Human Capital Center here at the Conference Board. Robin, welcome. Thanks so much, Steve. It's good to be here. So, Robin, you just report. You just wrote the huge report. It's the largest report you've ever done because it's the largest generation we've ever had, I'm sure. But the, your new report on baby boomers in the workplace. So what the heck is a boomer and why'd you write this report? Yes, baby boomers were born from 1946 to 1964. So the youngest of them turned 60 this year. And we thought that since we looked at Gen Z last year, that it would make sense to look at the boomers this year. And they currently make up 20% of the workforce. So very relevant for what we're looking at today. And, you know, at their peak, they made up what percentage of the workforce? I mean, it was it was pretty huge. Close, close to half, right? It was, you know, because you had the greatest generation before that and then Gen X. So it has reduced quite a bit. T- talk about why did you write the report? So we wanted to look at the baby boomers after we did the Gen Z report, because it's it's a bookend, right? And Gen Zers, as of next year, will be over a third of the workforce. And today, the baby boomers are 20% of the workforce. Actually, there's a very wide range, right? Because we the youngest of them will be turning 60 this year, since they were born from 1946 to 1964. Right. So, But, but there's still, even though a lot of them are retired, since the majority of the generation is over 65, you still have people you know, working into their 70s now and, and maybe even later, right? That's true. So we, so we did a, a small uh, survey and half of those who responded to our survey are actually uh, planning to work past age 70. No plans to retire. Why is that? Well, I actually think it's because they many of the baby boomers saw their retirement accounts go down during the Great Recession. So there's the financial aspect. Some people just can't afford to retire. I also think that a lot of the baby boomers want to add value and contribute to organizations. Yeah, but you know, you, you have this image of um, of this group off playing, I guess, pickleball now, and I'm told that one of the one of the highest incident rates for emergency rooms now is our pickleball injuries, which is uh, that that's got a that's got a rate up there somewhere, but. But that's, it's just not the truth. I mean, when you've got 20% of the entire U.S. workforce still made up of this generation, I mean, that's still, this generation is still playing a prominent role. They are. And in fact, our the name of the report was Baby Boomers Still Striving. And that is, you know, indicative of the fact that they want to keep learning and growing. They see the opportunity to develop and mentor others. But I also think that there's a lot of them who can't afford to retire. Yeah. The affording part is is one piece of it. Um, some of them are under sixty five, but that's you know still a you know a relatively small percentage of the total. But it's an important cadre for employers too. Talk about that. Yes. Well, as we've written about a lot here at the conference board, there's a sustained labor shortage here in the U.S. Despite the fact that the economy 
has been slowing or was slowing. So it means that organizations have to get creative about how they're going to find and retain their talent. And uh, we wanted to make sure that organizations didn't overlook baby boomers because they're an incredible source of wisdom and experience. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, we, we talk about uh, skills development and, you, you know, the need for upskilling and retraining and all of that. But, you know, a lot of that's performed in non-formal settings and mentorship and uh, and coaching that's provided by these generations who have been around a while or these people in the generation that's been around a while. That's important in an organization. Oh, it's incredibly important because I think that the baby boomers can play a critical role in transferring institutional knowledge and in building an organizational culture. And they're very motivated to mentor others, as well as um, we even talk about reverse mentoring um, or two-way mentoring. Uh, reverse mentoring would be when a younger person is actually doing the mentoring. You could think maybe about like social media, for example. I, I know I could be mentored, even though I'm not a baby boomer, I could be mentored by uh, someone who is younger than me in, in terms of social media. Yeah, or how to program your cell phone. Yeah, little things like that. It, that's, there is some reverse mentoring that's always necessary. Well, uh, but, you know, you mentioned culture and, and you know, I just want to drill down a little bit on that. I mean, it, it is the people who have been with the organization a long time, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and or, or have been around organizations a long time are, are, you know, are the older generation. And there is a, there's a benefit to having them be the culture, you know, standard bearers, but there, there's also a flip side to that, right? I mean, it it's, uh, so talk about the, the pros and cons. So what's very interesting is that, you know, I think the baby boomers, they have a strong work ethic, right? They're resilient. They've weathered a lot of organizational upheavals and survived many setbacks. And I think that the younger generations can truly you know, that, that, that they'll find that very valuable. The younger generations truly need somebody to say, hey, we've been through something like this, maybe not exactly this, but something like this. And so I think that that is an important role that the baby boomers can play in terms of how trying to help set the culture of an organization. Yeah, but you know, they, that generation now, and, and I'm, I'm in that, really has to be careful. You know, this whole notion of, well, we tried that and it didn't work is not healthy in, in a culture, isn't it, in terms of experimentation and innovation? Right. So I, I guess what I was I was trying to, to, to talk about, one of the advantages of having yeah. the baby boomers, right, is that they have weathered many of many organizational upheavals. And we've been in, in a period, I think, over the last four years of upheaval. So, but I do think that it is important, like you said, for innovation and growth to make sure that we're looking to some of the younger generations for their ideas. Right. So so I think leaders and organizations need need this cadre to help on one hand, but on the other hand, they, they can't let that, you know, have that double at that other edge of the sword, you know, interfere with, uh, you, you know, with with progress in an organization or innovation and so forth. So as you look at, at business leaders, then what advice do you have for attracting and then also retaining boomers? I think one of the things that um, leaders can do is to intentionally design diversity, age specifically into their projects. Like she were mentioning, it's important to have both sort of maybe the baby boomer perspective and then one from a, another generation, Gen Z or millennial, even Gen X, right? We Gen X is so often overlooked, but you can design diversity uh, into the project teams. 
Um, I also think that the boomers can really help with onboarding uh, when it comes to giving the uh, the new hires a, a way to learn about the organization, right? There's the mentoring that can happen. Um, the boomers can partner with the new hires with that. And uh, one of the other things we're excited about, and we have a report coming out later this week, is around how AI is helping with knowledge management. And one of the biggest challenges has been how do you retain and uh, capture the information from someone who might be interested in retiring. Uh, so we're excited that there's are more choices now with especially generative AI to create systems that can actually capture some of the information from the older generations before they retire. Yeah, and 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 that's a uh, that's a huge and hugely important thing because typically organizations, I guess, institutional knowledge kind of walks out the door with a lot of these retirees. So you know, it's not easy to pass along what you've learned in 40 or 50 years of of experience. And and so hopefully these tools will will help do that. But uh, then there's the, you know, it was, you know, there, I, I always, you look at these new technologies and you think back to the original Star Trek program and, you know, some of these sci-fi programs, you know, the, the old Vulcan mind meld where you were able to just sort of, you know, and, uh, in, mm -hmm. you know, interject it into, uh, you know, another generation. And, and so there's, there's clearly the capture, capture of that, uh, of that wisdom or knowledge, but there's also then, you know, how do you then instill that and, and pass that along beyond the technology pieces of it? So, you know, we've got a lot of recommendations in your report on how boomers can, you know, engage. You've talked about new hires, you've talked about uh, diversifying project teams. You've, you also talked though in your report about, uh, in times of crises, calling on them, either calling back on them or or finding, you know, those people in the organization. I, I think that that's one of our better ideas is simply just, we know that the baby boomers have experienced many organizational changes and that they will have suggestions and tips for how to deal with some of those new circumstances that that we all find ourselves going through. I mean, if you just think about in the last four years, we've had COVID and so many of the organizations having to go to a remote work uh, environment. Um, that's one that's been recent along with the geopolitical uprising. We've also had racial uprisings and political challenges here in the US. And so there's been an awful lot of, I think, organizational upheaval that we've all been going through recently. So I think having a perspective that's longer term uh, is very helpful. Yeah. And, and, you know, I guess, you know, that that might suggest also you've got the the boomers that are in your company, of course. But, you know, is, is there a room in that for these sort of retiree networks that you stay in touch with, you know, and and are able to reach back to in case, there's a time of stress or, you know, something happens and, and, you know, you need to, you need to have those resources available, but they not may not necessarily be on your staff anymore. I think that's a great idea. We've talked a lot about alumni networks for organizations as they, as people leave, uh, keeping an alumni network. And then I don't see any reason why organizations couldn't reach back out to some of the folks who've retired or, you know, been very experienced. We're talking with Robin Erickson about baby boomers in the workplace. We're going to take a short break and be right back. What does the future of work mean for your employees? How will your company navigate ESG? Will there be a global recession? At the conference board, 
Our experts translate the latest research and economic analysis into insights and real-time problem solving for your organization. Membership at the Conference Board provides your team with an assortment of knowledge from economics, marketing and communications, ESG, public policy, and human capital. As a member, you'll have access to our center experts, member-exclusive events, data and benchmarking tools, and peer sharing that will help you understand the present and shape the future. Consider becoming a Conference Board member today by visiting www.conference-board.org. Welcome back to CEO Perspectives. I'm your host, Steve Odlin from the Conference Board, and I'm joined today by Robin Erickson, who is the head of research at our Human Capital Center at the Conference Board. Okay, so we talked about, uh, you know, a lot of the pros and cons of engaging baby boomers, this older demographic. Talk a little bit more about ageism. You wrote about that in the report, how pervasive it is and what should leaders do about it? So yes, ageism is alive and well, it's very pervasive. In fact, a recent AARP survey said that 93% of all workers believe that age discrimination against older workers is common. Age Discrimination and Employment Act or ADA it actually forbids age discrimination against workers 40 years old and above. And so when we're thinking about the baby boomers, the youngest is which turns 60 this year, I think it's it's really important just to realize that many times the the person who has the the best experience for a particular position might be older, but you know, as soon as they are seen by uh, you know, on Zoom or in person, a lot of times they 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 experience ageism, which is you know people who aren't organizations that are not hiring them because of their age. The other thing you've talked about um, is you know how how do you make accommodation for some of these people? Not that you know they're infirmed or anything, but but that maybe their their desires to work are different, whether it's you know part time or yeah uh, or so forth. Talk about the the sort of creativity that employers should have in order to get the best out of this generation. So I think that the more flexible employers can be, the the better, the more they will be able to, to take advantage of this generation. So for example, we've seen some organizations such as Lake Champlain Chocolates, for example, it's bringing retired workers back to fill part-time roles. Another uh, interesting idea comes from CVS that implemented a snowbird program that invites pharmacists and other healthcare workers to transfer from colder climates to warmer climates in the winter. I think being aware that baby boomers, you know, prefer the flexibility. They they like being able to work remotely for some of the time. So a hybrid working arrangement is is a really great idea, especially if it's flexible in terms of the the hours that are worked or the location where someone's working. I think that looking for that flexibility is important. Yeah, the snowbird thing was really interesting because you know, you've got a contingent of people who are are able to go north and south depending on the season. But, um, you know, retailers in particular, but uh, but especially, you know, drugstores can't afford to, you know, put these full time pharmacists on all year round just to meet the surge. And so having the pharmacists or other workers travel with them north and south work in a northern store in the summertime and a southern store in the in the wintertime is a really unique way, but it, it it does point out that, you know, every industry is different and every need is different, and, but there are lots and lots of these really creative ideas that companies can come up with. 
I completely agree. Um, also, you can think about providing training for employees who might have been in physically demanding roles and they want to transition to other roles. Um, I actually uh, spoke to the CEO of an organization that created Windows and uh, the CEO said that he was shocked to find out that people were leaving, uh, retiring and going to get part-time jobs somewhere else. And he said, no, 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 these are craftspeople. I'll let you work part-time you know, tell us the hours you want to work. So there's that flexibility as well. Yeah. And, you know, you see this a lot in, in retail stores where the greeters are, are basically, you know, these are part-time people who just want to get out and, you know, want to interface with people, but it, it's good for them too, from a mental health standpoint, not to be, you know, sitting at home. I mean, it's just, it's, it's really interesting to see all this talent leave the workplace. I mean, it's our most experienced folks and there's there's a huge value to that. You know, when we're talking about a knowledge-based economy and a need for human capital, I mean, it's, you, you're you're in the human capital center, but this this is a truly a human capital issue. And and to have all that just go sit on the sideline now, it's just, it, it just seems like an enormous societal waste. And um, you know, what do we have 330 million people in the country and only about 110 million dollar uh, people in the workplace? Now, some of those are kids, but but a lot of those are on the other end. And, and so it just it just it seems like an enormous, enormous value that we can bring back in. Can I just add one thing to that, especially for organizations that are having a hard time with the labor shortage? So I think that that just makes the case for organizations to be really creative and innovative about how they might want to be attractive to older workers rather than avoiding them. Well, and skills, you know, and, and you can, <laughs> how many people know how to deal with MS-DOS? How many people can do, you know, cobalt, you know, programming and some of these old things, but it's also goes into the, into the trades and, 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 and so forth. And, and people just they may be unwilling or un you know or or unable because you know the physical nature of these jobs to work full time but they but but having, letting them walk away is just it, it just seems silly you know so as you look back on the study what what surprised you the most one of the things that i thought was most important was how important it is that baby boomers stay in the game that they make sure that they're constantly upgrading their technology skills um, you made the joke earlier about how, you know, it's great to have reverse mentoring where someone younger might be able to help the baby boomers. But I think that baby boomers need to be, you know, upgrading their skills, you know, taking classes on the prompts, like which prompts are the most important for chat GPT, for example. Um, but it will help them to be productive and add value and make their jobs more interesting as they continue to learn. I think that that's really important to, it's really important for the baby boomers to remember that they need to stay as current as they can. You know, it's interesting when you sit around sometimes and you and you talk to people um, you know, in this generation and and they talk about and, and they're asking about what you know what what is this stuff called AI, you know, and what does it do and so forth. And then you hear them say, well gosh, if I had had that when I was doing this role, I I could have done this and this and this. Well, wouldn't it be great if these companies could tap that and go, well, Okay, well, that's a that's a deployment or a use of these technologies we hadn't thought about, but they they know 
you know, so so it's it's what you said. It's this it's this back and forth, this interconnectivity between the generations, and and it's really forget about generation as much as experience level in order to make the most um, and, and and add productivity. Right. I think what I think what you, exactly what you're describing is how organizations should be intentional. Leaders need to think about how you know. Do you have age diversity on your teams? Yeah, it's really interesting. Well, you know, we've talked uh, a lot about generations um, at the conference board for a number of years. Last year, you mentioned you did the Gen Z study, and now you've done the the Boomer study. <clears throat> what are your future plans on generational diversity? So uh, we're thinking about doing a piece next on Gen X, uh, the smallest generation that's there, and and probably the most overlooked of all the generations, and it sort of fits in the we were talking about, you know, the descriptors that just define all these different generations, but, uh, but Gen X is definitely sometimes the most quiet. Yeah. Yeah. People refer to it sometimes as a bridge generation between the big boomer generation, the largest generation in our country's history and not in the millennial generation, which is the second largest right. generation, but, uh, but a really important uh, connector. Any final thoughts before we wrap up? I think that it's, really important for organizations to be thinking about generational diversity when they're looking at trying to fill positions and about how important it is to try to retain, especially some of the older workers as they uh, try to keep positions filled and just to be flexible in their approaches. Yeah, that words of wisdom. Robin Erickson, thanks for being with us today. Thanks so much, Steve. And thanks to all of you for listening in to CEO Perspectives. Every week, I'll be joined by a prominent thought leader to provide insights on the issues of our time. We'll cover the leading topics in economics, human capital, public policy, and more. Please share CEO Perspectives with your colleagues, with your friends, with every baby boomer you know. I know they're gonna to wanna to listen. I'm Steve Odlin, and this series has been brought to you by the Conference Board. You have been listening to CEO Perspectives, a podcast by the Conference Board.